Welcome to the Indianola First Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Our prayer is that this message will inspire you, encourage you, and launch you into life-changing action. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. It was the age of wisdom. It was the age of foolishness. It was the epic of belief. It was the epic of incredulity. I don't believe that Charles Dickens was a prophet. But this famous opening line of his novel, A Tale of Two Cities, sure speaks to the times we are living in. Whether it's the best of times or worst of times for an individual may be a matter of geography, the area of work they have chosen, their age, or a host of other things that very well may be of their own doing or completely out of their hands. But it's sure a season of those finding themselves blessed and those that are losing everything. And we definitely see true wisdom at work in individuals right now, wisdom that will overcome the current situations we are facing as a nation, if we listen. But at the same time, we see complete and utter foolishness. It's like common sense has been thrown out the window. And we are certainly living in a moment of time where belief is epic. People are open and willing to hear, partly because they are afraid of the unknown and partly because of the seeds that have been planted long ago and the current world circumstances are acting as a wake-up call. But while this is happening, there are individuals all around us who are bathing in incredulity. Incredulity is the state of being unwilling or unable to believe something. An unwillingness to listen to eat or to uh, even consider listening to the truth. So blinded by their own agenda, nothing else matters. So for the next few weeks, I want to talk about this chaotic state that our nation is in and, and actually that the world is in. Because if we don't have a proper worldview and a healthy understanding of, of biblically what is to come, we may find ourselves hopelessly walking through this life and even falling into apostasy. What's apostasy, you may ask? I know we have some younger kids in here today, and that's okay. Let me explain what apostasy is. It's the abandonment of one's faith. It's basically giving up on your belief as a Christian and deciding that all you've been taught was just lies. And there are those that don't believe you can fall away. I understand that. But Scripture tells us differently. In 1 Timothy 4, 1, it says, But the Spirit explicitly says that in latter times some will fall away from the faith, paying attention to deceitful spirits and doctrines of demons. Matthew 24, 24 says, For false prophets and false prophets will, well, false Christs and false prophets will arise and will show great signs and wonders so as to mislead, even if possible, the elect. There is coming a time when even the best of us will be prone to falling away. Don't doubt it for a second. Don't find yourself standing in a place that says, well, I love Jesus and that will never change. I can never fall away. We have to guard ourselves. 
You can't just flippantly say it's not gonna happen to me and do nothing about it. Let me tell you a truth this morning. If you're not building foundations of faith in your life by spending time with him every single day, by getting into the word of God and knowing what it says, you are prone to falling away. No matter how wonderful you think your faith is, a house built on sand falls. And you're not building on the rock if you're not in the word every day. Somebody say amen. amen. There will be a time when believers will be deceived and will walk away from the true faith, but you don't have to. It's a choice. And to be forewarned is to be forearmed. If you realize now what is going to happen as history unfolds itself, then you can prepare for it so you won't fall into this thing called apostasy. And this is the whole reason I want to spend some time preaching on how we got to this chaotic state that our nation is in and how we should view it with proper biblical worldview and what we have to look forward to. I want our church prepared. Like a bride prepares herself for her husband on their wedding day. We need to be prepared, church. So to do that, let's start by going back to the beginning. And I'm gonna be spending a couple weeks on our nation, and I'm gonna go in and out of, of, of specifically where our nation is at, and you guys all know it all too well. But I wanna put biblical concepts into it so you understand, so we can all think properly. Is this brainwashing? No. <laughs> but you have to look at everything going on through the word of God, or you're going to miss the truth about what's happening. I want to take you back to Genesis. In Genesis 1, we see in the very beginning, the very beginning of things, that God created. He spoke and it existed. If you've been taught evolutionary theories of any kind, they're false, they're lies, because the truth of the matter is, God spoke, bang, it happened, that's the way it is. End of story. The Bible says it, we believe it. Christians believe the Bible fully, not partially. You don't get to pick and choose what your truth is, right? We believe the whole thing. It says in Genesis that at the beginning of things, God created, he created the heavens and he created the earth, the light, the stars, the moon, the lands, the waters, the plants, the animals, and of course he created mankind. After everything God created, and you can read it, the word of God says that God saw that it was it was good. And when he created the universe and all that is in it, this included the systems of rotation in reference to the sun and the moon and the planets and the stars. It included the reproduction of animals and the seeds of plants. It included the earth rotating, causing there to be day and night and time and calendars. You see, he created the entire cosmos, which basically means order. He created our universe with a certain order, and it was all good. God is good, and all that creates is good. He's a good father who knows how to give good gifts to his children. But as you read on in Genesis, by the time you get to Genesis 3, or get through Genesis 3, man falls to sin. In the order of things, that God
God created. He gave mankind this wonderful gift. He gave him free will. And with that free will, man chose to sin. Adam and Eve first, then every man or woman who has been born since then. Once you turn to your neighbor and said, That means you. You have sinned. We all have sinned. And this sin brought with it chaos, which is the opposite of cosmos. Chaos, which means complete disorder and confusion. Understand what I'm saying here. God created cosmos, order. It was brought to everything that he created, and it was good. Sin came into the world because of our free will and because we chose sin. And sin brought with it chaos, disorder, dysfunction of every kind. Jesus compared sin to the leaven that is used to make bread. It goes throughout the whole batch of dough and causes it to rise. That's why our communion bread is unleavened. It represents the body of Christ, and he was without sin. When sin came into the world, it began and it is continuing to infect the cosmos that God created. It has become increasingly chaotic since that first sin was committed. A world in chaos. Not because of God, but because of sin. And it's so important that you understand this, church. It's the very foundation to having a biblical worldview. If you don't understand that sin is our problem, then you won't understand who God is and how good he is and all that our world is going through. God is good. All that he created is good. Man chose to sin, and now all that God created that was good is being affected by the chaos. But in the midst of this flood of disorder and confusion that makes up the chaos, God has provided a lifeboat for anyone who wants to get in and be ultimately saved from it. This is the story of the gospel, isn't it? This is the story that we all should know so well. And as a pastor, I want to tell you something. I'm, I'm so tired of blaming, of people, Christian people, blaming God for everything bad that happens in this world. A tornado hits and destroys and even kills, and the Christians ask, why, God? Why would you do this or even allow this to happen? You have to understand, even nature itself has been affected by sin. There were no tornadoes in the Garden of Eden or any other natural disasters for that matter. Why would God let a little girl die of cancer? Why would a, God, a good God allow a God-fearing Christian woman to be raped? Why would a good God who created all things good let people die in accidents? Why do bad things happen to good people? Why, 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 why? It's not that God is doing it. It's the fact that sin has entered the world and it infects everything. Wars, pandemics, hate, Crime, racism, lawlessness, confusion, disorder, the beautiful cosmos that, that God the Father created and has entrusted us with has become infected by sin and the effects of sin. And if we understand that, we will learn to hate sin. 
You know, it never ceases to amaze me how Christians can be so caught up in sin. They're just bound by it. I see it every single day. If you think I'm looking at you right now, I really can't see you. But I'm looking at you. <laughs> Christians are so bound up in sin. That should not be. We should understand that sin is the problem in this world. Sin is the issue. It's not God turning his back on us. It's not God looking away with a deaf ear. It's the fact that sin has entered the world and it's infected everything. And as Christians, if we truly understand that, we would hate sin and we would do everything we could to get out from underneath its control. Jesus has set you free. He's given you the power over it. But so many live in it. And they give themselves a pass. Truly. Give themselves a pass. Why? Because there's worse people out there than me, so I must be okay. So I can continue in my sin. They justify in their own hearts and minds why they can stay and hold on to their sin. Why, why, why? Why would they do that? When sin is our issue. When sin is the, the very thing that's causing what we're all going through. And that lifeboat that I talked about just a second ago that he has provided is, of course, it's Jesus Christ. He came, lived a sinless life while in this sinful world, and he died as an atonement for our sin. All of it. All of mankind's sin. Past, present, and future. He gave his life's blood as a ransom in order that his righteousness could become our righteousness. He opened the door for us to get back in right relationship with God. He shed blood. His shed blood paid our debt of sin. We deserve death, according to Romans 6.23a, right? For, all, for, for the wages of sin is death. That's what it says. For the wages of sin is death. But he offers us life in the rest of that verse. It says, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The wages of sin is death, destruction, everything that comes with sin, all the garbage that we experience in this world. That's all the result of sin. That's what we get paid for. That's what we get paid for our sin. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ through Jesus Christ and him alone. John 10, 10 says this, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. But Jesus said, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. John 3, 16 says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And this is where Christians become somewhat confused by all this. If this is all true, if our lifeboat is Jesus, if he wants us to have life, if he wants us to have abundant life, if that's his gift to us, then why am I having to go through all these troubles? Because even though you are not of this world anymore, you're still in it, church. When we accept Christ, our citizenship is transferred from this world to heaven. Can you say amen? amen? I love that. 
Philippians 3, 20 through 21 says, for our citizenship is in heaven, from which also we eagerly wait for a savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform the body of our humble state into conformity with the body of his glory by the exertion of the power that he has even to subject all things to himself. You know, we celebrate the 4th of July and we, we celebrate this blessed country that we live in and I have no problem with that one bit. This is a blessed country and we are blessed to live here. And the men and women who have put their lives in the line and have died so that we could walk in freedom, God bless them. God bless them. I don't think they died in vain. This is a great nation that has done great things. But my citizenship isn't here. I've accepted Jesus and my citizenship's in heaven. I love this country, but my citizenship is in heaven. I'm a citizen of heaven. We can get all wrapped up in the stuff going on around us as our country seems to be decaying from the inside out. But don't ever forget that your citizenship is in heaven. Doesn't mean you shouldn't fight. Doesn't mean you shouldn't do what you have to do as a patriotic American, as a God-fearing person that wants to hold on to the freedoms that we have. But your citizenship is in heaven. Understand, there's a day coming where our very bodies will be transformed and come into conformity with his glorified body. That starts happening the day we accept him, but it's not completed until he returns for us in the rapture. You know, there's this thing about our bodies that's, that's very interesting, I'm finding out. You, older, they get older, right? No matter what I do, no matter how uh, I try to control that, it, it doesn't, it, it's uncontrollable, I am getting older. And it, in, in some ways, you can say, since the day you were born, your bodies are in a state of deterioration. Deterioration, how do you say that? Because every day you live, you get a little bit older. That's kind of a fatalistic way to view it, but it's the truth. You're not getting any younger, we've heard that. He has paid for our sins through the cross, and he has defeated death by rising from the grave. He has defeated the curse and has overcome. His kingdom has come, but it is yet coming. Which means we, have, uh, we will have all the promises that he has promised, but they will not necessarily fully come to pass until he has fully established his kingdom here on earth. Yeah, we have all the promises in God. Amen, right? but we fully won't see the result of all those promises until his kingdom is completely established. And this is something you have to remember. We, we enjoy blessings now for sure. We constantly see evidence of his kingdom being displayed now. Every time someone is healed physically or emotionally, every time someone decides to make Jesus their savior and invites him into their heart, every time we are supernaturally provided for, every time we are protected, every time marriages are healed and people are delivered from their bondages and addictions. Folks, that's a picture of his kingdom displayed here on earth. But his kingdom hasn't been fully established. 
And that is why there are moments when we feel confused and fearful. This is why we get into that place of questioning God and sometimes even doubting him. Because as Christians, we go, well, I accepted you, Jesus. Why would anything bad happen to me now? Because his kingdom isn't fully here yet. And we're in this sinful world even though we are not of it. And the effects of sin infect everything. That's not fun to think about. Well, I thought accepting Jesus gave me a pass and my life was going to be a bowl of cherries and everything was going to work out and I'd never, ever get sick and I'd never, ever go through anything tough or I'd never have a problem ever again. Fantasy world. That's not the way it is. You will have miraculous things happen in your life as a Christian. You will see his kingdom displayed. You'll see it, and we need to have faith for it and believe for it with all of our hearts, and we'll see more of that as our faith increases. But truly, you're never gonna escape all of it until his kingdom is fully come, because when his kingdom is fully come, man, you ain't gonna get sick, ever. Your body will be imperishable. It will be immortal. You won't have struggles You'll get to work, but work will be fun. How many know work can be fun? How many love to work? You just don't like it when it becomes toilsome, right? The curse of sin brought toil to work. Before Adam and Eve, before sin, they worked the garden and they enjoyed it. You know why? Because we are created in God's image and we like to create things. We like to build things as he does, as our Father does. And our work then is gonna be wonderful. We're not even gonna get tired. There's gonna be no more tears, no more pain, no more suffering, no more cancer, no more disease, no more divorce, no more crap. No more crap. And yes, I said that from the pulpit. But until that day when his kingdom fully comes, we are going to experience some things. God has promised that if we keep our eyes focused on him, that we'll overcome those things, that they won't wreck our faith, that they won't destroy us completely, that we can be overcomers in his name, but it doesn't say that you get a free pass and nothing bad will ever happen to you. You know, I think it's interesting that in America, the talk is, Jesus is coming back soon. Look at what's happening in our nation. And I can agree with that but you're totally ignoring what's been going on around the world for centuries. Does God love us more than he loves them? There are people that are being beheaded for their faith overseas. There are people that have been dying for their faith for centuries in other parts of the world. Do we think that, oh, well, now it's pandem- we have a pandemic. I guess Jesus is coming back soon. He very well may be. But what if we happened to be born in one of those places and we had to get through some of those horrific things that some of our brothers and sisters in Christ have had to endure? So, well, I thought being in Jesus, nothing bad would ever happen. Tell it to Paul, who's in prison for his faith, beheaded. Tell it to Peter, 
who was going to be nailed to the cross in mockery of the one he followed, Jesus. And he insisted, don't nail me to the cross like my Savior. Put me upside down. So they nailed him upside down to a cross because he didn't want to be crucified like his Lord. Well, he just didn't have enough faith. He should have he not experienced any of that. As sure as accepting Jesus makes us citizens of heaven and the recipients of and, and heirs of all of God's promises, we are still in this world and at times are subject to the effects of sin that infect this world. And this is not the cruel, cru, cru, uh, cruelty of God. It's not the cruelty of God. It's the result of his love. God loved humanity enough to let them choose. We have free will, but the curse of sin has brought with it destruction. Are you getting this, church? Are you understanding what I'm saying? Do you understand why it's so important for you to know these truths and stand firm in them? We live in the greatest nation that has ever existed in the history of the world. It is a nation that does not have a perfect past. There's no doubt. But there is no human that's perfect. It's a nation, however, that was originally built upon Judeo-Christian values and has done more to liberate and protect people around the globe against tyranny than any other nation. Our history is without a doubt a bit sordid, but if it wasn't for the United States of America, much of the existing free world would be under tyrannical rule. We have sent more missionaries by far. We have fed more starving people. We have offered more assistance during natural disasters. And we have held back evil from overtaking entire nations. This is a great country. Let me say it online for the world to hear. The United States of America is a great country. In much of the rest of the world, people are trying to escape their nations. They're doing everything they can to get out. While in this country, people are trying to break in. I'll, I'll never forget this. We were on the missions trip, trip just over a year ago in Africa, in Botswana. And one of the things we did is we did a lot of kids ministry. And as we were doing kids ministry, the, the whole superhero thing was, well, it's still kind of big, but it was big, even bigger then. And we, would, we all had these masks representing the different superheroes that are, that are uh, Marvel superheroes, right? We had, we had all sorts of heroes. We even, we even added some um, DC heroes like Wonder Woman and, how many like Wonder Woman? Yeah, she's all right. And Superman and Batman and, and we had all the Marvel ones too. The Flash and Captain America and the Black Panther and Spider-Man and all these different heroes. And all those kids in Botswana had seen all those movies. I don't know how. They live in these little villages, but they knew exactly what those heroes, who they were. It, it just still boggles my mind. But as we would put on our little superhero masks and we would come out, and they would cheer. Do you know which one they cheered for the most every single time? And it, I mean, I'm talking way different than any other one. It's when we came out as Captain America. 
Now, why is that? Why is that? These were African children. Because we have a great nation. And we help a lot of people. And we do a lot of great things. We're not perfect. With all of that being so, all these great things that we've done, we are seeing signs of a deterioration from within, defacing public property, rewriting history, people burning our flag, which is the very symbol of freedom that gives them the right to do that. Makes no sense. That's like oxymoron. Defunding the police, the very people who serve and protect us and put their lives on the line for us daily. And yes, there's bad apples in the police. We should continue to try to find ways to weed them out, but don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. That's beyond crazy. We see our very own people hating this nation. And again, we're not perfect but there are still those of us striving for righteousness. And we know that there are selfish individuals that would do anything to tear our nation apart. Church, we play an important role. We must not get so caught up in the happenings around us that we forget that this is not our home. Yes, we fight for freedom. Yes, we stand up against anything that would try to destroy our freedoms. But the motive for our courage in standing up must be to see his kingdom come. To be active in building his kingdom with every breath of our being. That's got to be our motive, to see his kingdom come. As we fight to keep our freedoms, we know that... that it's those freedoms that allow us to make the world a better place. As we fight to keep our nation Christian the way it was originally founded, we do so because kingdom work happens more in a society that honors God and his word than a society who rejects it. Our motives can't be so that we just hold on to all the material blessings that we have. It must go much deeper than that. I love the fact that I can work hard in this country, I can, I can earn a, a wage, a salary, and the harder I work, typically speaking, the, the more blessing comes our way financially, right? We have freedoms like that, we have systems in place, and as long as things don't come in and, and wipe us out, and that can happen sometimes, but as long as we get back up and we still keep on fighting, we, we, can, we can actually increase in this nation financially, and that's a wonderful thing, and I love that. There's a lot of places in the world you can't do that. We can do that here. But if it's, our, if it's our motive for standing up and fighting, it's a wrong motive. Our motive shouldn't be to hold on to our stuff. Our motive should be that we could build the kingdom of God like never before. So nice, so nice. Come on, that's truth. That, it's a little harsh. It's a little harsh because we like our stuff. It's a little tough because we, we, we love what we have. But our motive should be building the kingdom of God. And honestly, we can do that way better in a free society than we can 
in a socialistic-type society. By the way, socialism is of the devil. That's not of God. We have a job to do as children of the Most High God. We can all do it better with the blessing of freedom. It's just so sad that with all the freedoms we've had, that many within his church didn't do much to advance the kingdom. Thank you, Jesus, for that freedom. We're free. We're better than all those other countries. I'm better. We get arrogant. We hold on to our freedoms. And we hold on to our stuff. And we get to that place where we're entitled to it. While the rest of the world isn't for some reason. We've had all this freedom and so many haven't advanced the kingdom with it. As the Church of America has enjoyed its many blessings, we spent more energy building buildings and creating our own personal kingdoms than we have building the kingdom of God. If we lost everything that we had materialistically speaking, would our hearts and minds be more focused on building his kingdom than it is now with all of our material wealth? If all we had was Jesus, wouldn't we be more apt to build his kingdom rather than building our own? It's interesting that there are more miracles that take place overseas than in America, in the American church. Many times in the mission field, you see incredible healings and Hundreds of thousands coming to Jesus at once. Why is that? Many of those places, Jesus is all they have. They're not blinded by the stuff like sometimes we are. Am I dissing the fact that we have stuff? No. The reason we have it is because our forefathers laid out a constitution and they laid out a system of government that allowed its people to be free and to increase, and that's wonderful. But if that's all we're holding on to, we're gonna lose it. That freedom is a gift that's given to us to spread the gospel and build his kingdom. I'm gonna tell you something that's biblically true and there's nobody in here who can refute it. Every kingdom of this earth will fall, including the United States of America. There are no exceptions. There's only one kingdom that will last forever, and it is here and it is yet coming. It's his kingdom, his kingdom. And the more faith we have in that kingdom, the more we will see it manifest in our lives and in the lives of those we reach out to. A nation in chaos, well, maybe it's that way because the church has been in chaos. It's time to get this right, church. It's time to stop blaming God for every inconvenience we go through. Oh, the whining. 
Why would God allow me to go through this? Before you say that, before you feel it, before you think it, please, please think about others that have gone through far worse than you can even imagine. Start praising him for all that he has done for us. It's never been more right for you to tell people the good news of Christ. Never been more right. The fields are white for the harvest. They're ready. They're ripe. It's time to get past our fears of persecution. It's time to get right motives. Stand firm in the faith. And fight for this country but for the right reason. Not because we're afraid of chaos, not because we're afraid of losing all that we have, but because we need freedom to propagate the gospel. And even if we lose our freedom, we can still propagate the gospel. I want you to know that too. I'd rather do it with freedom. But we can't stop preaching his message. And we can't get so intrinsic in our mind and in our thoughts that we let fear and worry and doubt well up within us and we question our faith. We question, why, God, would you let this happen to our wonderful nation or to our wonderful town or to my wonderful business or to my family? You live in a sinful world and sin infects everything. Your citizenship is in heaven. You are not of this world anymore, but you're still in it for a little while. That's why I sang that song this morning. He has fire in his eyes. Because there's a day coming when his kingdom will fully come. And it's going to be awesome. And we're not going to have to deal with this garbage. You want to know the power of the church? We are a community. We are a family that can encourage one another through the junk, through the stuff. You can go through something horrible and your brother or sister in Christ can say, I'm praying with you, I'm believing with you, I'm standing with you. Keep your eyes focused on Jesus. You're gonna get through this. We can encourage one another. That's the power of the church. We need each other. We're interdependent on one another. Guess what, where I'm weak, you might be strong. Where you're weak, I might be strong. My gifts complement your gifts, your gifts complement my gifts. That's how it works. That's the unity that is created in the body of Christ, in the local body of Christ, the local church. It's powerful, and it will transform communities. It will transform counties. It will transform states, and it will transform nations. Let's pray. Father God, we love you so much. We're so thankful for the freedom that we have in this nation. God, we're thankful for those that have bled for that freedom. But Father, never let the greatness of this nation blind us to the fact that we are citizens of heaven first. And we are in this nation for such a time as this to share your gospel, to reach out in the name of Jesus to see the sick healed, to see people set free, to see people come to a relationship with you that's real and personal. 
God, change our vision, change our perspective. Let us not become intrinsic, but let us be focused uh, outwardly, seeing people and situations and circumstances through eternal eyes and not just our own. God, you've given us everything we need to be everything we need to be in your kingdom. We know it's not fully come yet, God, but it's coming. We're excited about it. We're anticipating it. We've, we sense that it's near, but Lord, until that time, we want to work hard to build your kingdom. We commit to you to do that in Jesus' name. Thanks for being a part of the Indianola First podcast. Join us next week to stay updated on our latest messages.